Welcome back to Sports and Stutters, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Parker. You know who's with me. We got Nate here as well. Boy, was uh, was it a busy weekend? Uh, I think I was pretty accurate in most of my predictions. We're gonna get right into it, folks. You know what it is. But um, I think I was pretty accurate in most of my predictions. If I was a betting man, which you know I'm not, but if I was, I think I would have gone six for six. I think I rightly predicted the the two upsets. Um, what what were your thoughts, Nate? I think I got dusted because <laughs> yeah. I picked wrong in the Seattle LA game and I'm pretty yep. sure in the Baltimore Tennessee yep. game. So that yeah, shows you how much Steelers you should listen to me. Steelers and Browns too. <laughs> oh, so I was like, you pick Steelers one for four. <laughs> All I'm going to say is I was definitely on fire folks. So if you're listening, take advice from me when it comes to the NFL, we'll get to the We'll get to hockey later. Hockey's irrelevant for right now, folks. If you're if you're an NFL fan, this is where you should be listening to, and you should be listening to the voice of reason, which is myself. I think I won six for six. Obviously, we knew Ravens were going to win. Close game, but they, they came on top. Uh, Lamar Jackson did what he was supposed to do. He played like an MVP candidate. He did what he had to do. Browns, boy, was that a game. Love to see that happen. Big Ben, I thought Drew Brees was in the wheelchair. Big Ben's in the wheelchair. How do you have that old of a quarterback? Throw 56 times. Four of which were picks. It was an, it was embarrassing. The Browns, if they didn't win that game, then something was truly wrong with the Browns. I think the Steelers need to focus more on doing their TikTok dances at, at the halfway point on their field. Maybe Juju should retire and become a, a professional TikToker, which uh, I hope to be one day. Uh, but the, the Browns were on a roll. It was it was great to see Austin have their first playoff victory uh, in over a decade, which is which is awesome for that city. Bills and Colts a lot closer of a game than I thought. I think the I think the Colts had it had it in their hand. Um, I think I think the Bills though they proved that they were the number two seed. They came on top when they needed to. Uh, they closed up the game like a number two seed would do. So no shockers there. Uh, we move over to the north side. Obviously the NFC Bucks handled business. Man, that backup quarterback for football, the Washington football team he can ball. I think Washington. I think Tampa Bay played a bit of a sloppy game. I think they definitely could have won this game by a lot more. I think they had Chris Godwin had a, quite a few drops. Brady played really well though. The running backs Leonard Fournette ran well, but I think there were some things on the defensive side they could have cleaned up, and I think they will for next round. So that was a, a no brainer. Nate was actually right about that one for for the first time on this podcast, <laughs> folks. He made a right call, so that was great to see. Hey, if we if we were wind to last week's episode, I guess the Rams. I did. You can roll back the tape, Nate. You're, Nate, you're the editor. You know I picked the Rams. They came on top, thirty to twenty. Russell Wilson. What did I talk about? They didn't have an O line. Man, the Seahawks looked bad just, in that game. They looked horrible, horrible. Without that offensive line, healthy and playing well, Russell Wilson can't run around all game. Like he got hit countless times. Aaron Donald sacked him on like the first play of the game. They they just looked horrible. They did not deserve to win. But to, to be honest, the Rams didn't really deserve to win either. They didn't play that great. They got lucky that their defense is as good as they are, and Russell Wilson had to basically run around like a chicken with his head cut off. Um, but thankfully, I was also right about this game. Check off uh, another box for Parker over here. Saints, uh, Nate, I'll let you talk about that one quickly. They I don't took care, about the Saints. care of business. They dominated that entire game. I don't think it was ever in doubt. Drew Brees looked good. Defense looked unbelievable. So I'm feeling great coming into his week. That's for sure. Mind you... Chicago isn't exactly the best team in the NFL either. So Tampa's going to be a good test, I think. Yeah, it's going to be a good test. Bears, Trubisky, sure. Like I talked about in, the, in our previous episode and like Nate and I discussed, he came off to a, on, a, on a good high note. He, he ended the season on a good couple games, played probably his best football he's played in his whole career. But 
I like the Washington football team, the way that they gave the, the Bucks a look compared to the yeah. way the Bears gave the Saints. I think the Bucks are a little bit more prepared. I think they had a little bit of a, a tougher matchup. I truly think Washington football team found their quarterback, which is weird to say because they played their backup. <laughs> Not even a backup, a practice squad quarterback. And I think I think they found their quarterback, which is pretty great. But I think the Washington football team was better than the Bears, regardless of what the records showed. Um, I don't really know if they were good or if the Buccaneers weren't like just weren't themselves. Like they didn't look as dominant as I as I would have expected. I don't know if that's a point in Washington's a favor or if that's just Tampa being bad and the wild card around there. Well, here, there's two things I can say to that. That I, me, I will try to take my bias out of this as much as I can because you know I love my my TB12. But one, Chris Godwin, he's arguably their number one, number two receiver next to Mike Evans. As much as Antonio Brown has been balling out lately, Chris Godwin's an arguable number one or number two receiver on that team. He uncharacteristically had three plus drops that game, like easy catches, which either were on third downs or were on second and longs, which are which are huge plays to capitalize on. And he he just wasn't himself. So I don't really blame the Bucks for that. That's an individual thing. That's where Chris Godwin needs to just play better. But thankfully they have enough weapons to correct that. And second, I don't think anyone expected a practice squad quarterback in Heineke to come out and ball the way he did, which from a defensive perspective, not that I'm a defensive player at all, but if I can kind of tap into my my analysis on that, I think the defensive coordinator for the Bucks came out guns blazing. They sent pressure almost every single play because I don't think they expected a practice squad quarterback to be able to beat their defense, which is a, which is a, a middle of the pack defense, not a bad one, not a good one, but they can play ball. I don't think they were expecting a, a practice squad quarterback to come beat the defense, throw it down, feel like he was the way that he did. And I think they, they committed to a, a game plan that I think after that first quarter was pretty identifiable that this quarterback can throw. Maybe we need to ease off on the rush. Yeah, but I don't think anyone's questioning a Buccaneers offense, right? Like, their defense is the question mark. Like, you can't allow a practice squad quarterback to dominate you and then expect to beat the Saints, right? Because it's not even comparable. The Saints have a high-powered offense, too, and an excellent defense. So it's going to be a fun game next week, I think. Yeah, it's going to be good. So that's kind of our quick summary of those games. Let us know your thoughts. You know, you can go to our Instagram at any time at Sports and Sutters. Give us a follow. Give us a like. We'd love to hear your feedback on on what you thought about these wildcard games. I loved them. It literally took up all my Saturday and Sunday. I had a freaking blast. But we're going to switch gears a bit. We're going to go into the divisional matchups. We got we got four games this weekend. Four really big games, truly. I'm going to have some more wild card picks, but which paid off pretty well for me in that first round. So I'm going to I'm gonna keep riding this train while I can. And we're going to start off in the AFC. We got our Browns and Chiefs. Nate, I'll let you go first on this one because I could talk forever about sports, but I think I know what you're going to say for this one. Yeah, I think uh, Chase Claypool had an accurate quote there. Like They had uh, a good time in the wild card round, but they're going to get dusted in the divisionals. Patrick Mahomes is going to dominate and this game is going to be like 40 to 3 or something. Now, um it's going to be 40 to I'm going to put it around 28. Oh, Nate, Nate, Nate. When are you going to learn something from me, man? Truly. Fans <laughs> out there who are listening, I'm going to bring us back down a couple pegs here. 40 to <laughs> 8 or whatever you said. That's an outrageous prediction. Are you kidding me? Hey, Goddamn, right. Are good. This is quality sports analysis, boys. Yeah. Clearly, clearly. <laughs> With our 24 viewers, of course, it's quality. But we know, let's be real, all 24 of those people are here to listen to me. So I'll give you my pick here. Obviously, Chiefs are number one seed. They're going against a sixth seed. 
We know how high power the offense is. They're great. They got Mahomes. They got Hill. They got Kelsey. They got so many weapons on the offense. But here's the thing. I would never underestimate an underachieving team. Not statistically. I thought the Browns have been playing great over the last little while. But no one gives them the credit that they deserve. They're coming off a stellar all-around football game. Offense, defense, special teams. They completely broke the brakes off the Steelers. I'm not saying that they're going to win this game. Do I, would I be surprised if the Browns come in here and shock the world and upset the Chiefs? No, I think it is very, very possible. I think it's a lot more possible than people thought because I think people were expecting a completely different matchup going into this divisional weekend. But I think if you get in a shootout with KC, you're going to lose. Here's um, the deal. Like both of them have average average defenses and KC just has a miles better offense. So it's going to be a shootout, but those kinds of games, I'm 10 to, I'm going KC's favor. Here's the thing. This is a this isn't a hot take. If you uh, watch First Things First with uh, Nick Wright, he's a great analysis as well. He's a huge Chiefs fan, but he had another good analysis about good old Baker Mayfield. When Baker Mayfield plays ball the way he has been playing lately, not turning over the ball, not fumbling, not throwing interceptions, he's leading his team like a quarterback should. He is arguably a top ten quarterback in the league. This is not some whack analysis from someone who decided to start a podcast a couple weeks ago this is from someone who does it on tv every single day and it is very very true when baker mayfield plays high powered football and does not turn the ball over he does exactly what he just showed you against the steelers defense yes they are injured i get that but they still have one of the defensive player of the year candidate on their team they still have all-star players on that defensive side of the ball and Baker Mayfield completely lit them up. Obviously, they have a strong run game as well, the Browns, and that adds into the Browns' offense. But Baker Mayfield right now is playing like a top 10 quarterback, and I think that's going to show this Sunday against the Chiefs. But if he's a top 10 quarterback, then he's still eight spots worse than his counterpart, right? All respect to him. It's awesome how they got here, but they're not going to get any further, I don't think. All right. Well, we know where Nate's going with this. But I'm going to be the optimistic one here for us, folks. I'm taking the Browns. I know this is a long shot. But based off of what I saw this past weekend, Baker Mayfield, hey, maybe it's all of his wonderful commercial he, commercials he films. He really wants me to buy life insurance, and I actually want to buy it now because of how good he's playing. I'm taking the Browns by one score. I think it's going to be a shootout, but I think Baker Mayfield, the swagger he has right now, and if he does not turn this ball over, the Browns are going to win, and I'm taking them 35-28. I'm probably going to be the only person to pick them, but it's just the way it's going to go because I'm 6-0 so far, so I'm taking the Browns. We'll move over to our Ravens and Bills. This is a bit more of an interesting matchup. Uh, Nate, I'll let you go first on this one. So Baltimore actually looked really good against the Titans. They kept a king, Derrick Henry, to 2.2 yards per carry. That is ridiculous. So they showed us something. And I think that I'm going to take the underdog in this matchup because Buffalo just didn't seem that impressive to me. Like they hung on against Indianapolis. And I mean, all respect to them. But if you have to hang on against Indianapolis, it doesn't give me a, a ton of confidence. So... How about you, Parker? I mean, yes, Ravens did well. They shut down Derrick Henry. It's his first time being shut down that way in probably this last couple of years of, of him dominating the run game. That's great. Lamar, he had a good playoff game. He got over that hump of not winning a playoff game. It was the stigma around him since he's been in the league, which is weird because he hasn't been in the league that long. But the reputation he had was that he cannot win football games in the postseason. And he proved out his wrong. It was great. He played well. But here's the thing. As much as Lamar had a great season last year, throwing the ball, running the ball, is very complimentary football with just himself. He is not throwing the ball the way he did last year. 
He's not throwing it as accurately. He's not throwing as much as effectively downfield. And I think against the Bills defense, who's is decent, the Bills defense has Tredavious White, who's going to take away the number one option on receiver. So unless Lamar can run effectively, continuously against this defense, which I think the Bills will hone in on because they know how dangerous Lamar is on his feet. And he proved that against, against the Titans last weekend when he burned them for a, a huge touchdown run. Unless Lamar can beat them with his arm, which I don't think he can, as much as I would love to see Lamar Jackson go on a 2-0 streak here to start this postseason, as much as I, I, in my heart, am rooting for the Ravens, I see the Buffalo's defense shutting him down, forcing him to beat them with his arm, which I don't think he can do, and I don't think they have enough weapons at the receiver position to actually make it worthwhile for him to beat them with his arm. So I'm going with the Bills here. I think it's another close game because I don't, I think Josh Allen, as much as he's been great this season, as much as he's an MVP candidate, which I'm not too sure why, in my opinion, I don't see him having a stellar game, but I think they do come out on top. I think him and Stefan Diggs are going to keep playing well like they have been. I think Cole Beasley will get some touches in there as well to help on those third downs. I'm, I'm going with the Bills here like 17 to 10, 17 to 14, nothing, not a huge scoring game. I think it's going to be more like the Ravens Titans game. Like we just saw. So after we look up both those games, who are we thinking now is coming out of the, the AFC? Are you still riding with the chiefs? Are you still taking the bandwagon of the number one seed or what? Oh yeah. Until I see MKC play and they prove otherwise, like I think they're the obvious team to beat. If I'm going to be smart with this pick as much as I pick the Browns to win, I do think the Chiefs will come out of the AFC. But I do think if the Browns do pull off this upset, which I'm betting that they are, I think the Browns are, are going to be representing the AFC in the, in the Super Bowl. I, I think whoever wins out of the Chiefs and Browns, that's going to be the person who's winning the AFC. Well, yeah, it'll be a huge momentum swing, right? If the Browns win, this is I think this is true against the NFC as well. If the Browns win, I don't know if there's going to be anyone that can stop them. After, that, after boost, the win yeah. against the Chiefs, you have all the momentum in the world. But that's enough of the AFC. That's enough. We we know who's in the AFC. We've just talked about it. We spent 15 minutes rambling on about it. Well, I have. Um, Nate's getting some wisdom from me because his picks are a little wonky. But uh, uh, he did some good analysis on the, the, the Ravens and Titans game. I'll give him that. I'm a goddamn genius, man. Yeah. Okay. Easy there. <laughs> Maybe when we get to NHL. Don't get too much on your high horse right now. So we'll move to the NFC. We'll get to the Bucks and Saints later because that's obviously that's where the Nate, and I will, Nate and I will disagree with the most. But Rams and Packers, this, to me, this is a no-freaking-brainer. The Rams are lucky that they put up 30 points against the Seahawks team. I think they only put up 30 because of how strong their defense is. I think their defense is going to be a tough matchup for the Packers, but... I'm saying Aaron Rodgers throwing 320 yards. He's throwing a couple TDs. Devontae Adams probably going to go for over 100 yards. I think their back, their running back committees will probably at least have total of 125 rushing yards. I think it's a, I think it's a high scoring game for the Packers. I think the the Rams defense will have their way at times, and they will get some sacks. Aaron Donald will have a decent game for himself personally. But if I think the in, Packers, he's... if he's in, if he's in. But I think the Packers are, I think the Packers are rolling over the Rams this week. Yeah, it's not going to be close. I, I don't think. LA just can't score, right? If they score, it's going to be their defense because that offense looked ugly against the Seahawks. And Seahawks like don't exactly have a high quality defense either. So um, Green Bay is going to be just dominant. This is going to be a fun game to watch if you're a Packers fan. If not, then I'd watch literally anything else because this is going to be a blowout. Yeah, like don't get me wrong. Jared Goff sucks on a regular weekend. Jared Goff with a surgically impacted finger is even worse. Like Nate said... The game's on a Saturday. I, I wouldn't be watching it. I know I know The Bachelor isn't on until Monday, but maybe you can uh, save this week's episode and play it Saturday night because you're going to be wanting to 
to make yourself feel a little bit better after watching the blowout that's about to happen. So that's just my word of advice. I turn on something else if you can, because it's not going to be pretty for those Rams fans. And I, I think Jared Goff may, might be on his way out of LA here, here soon pretty quick. Uh, so, hey, we agree. Both taking Packers. Bucks and Saints. I'll let you go first before I pick you apart here and uh, put you to bed. This game is going to be so fun. <laughs> it's Brady Breeze, right? This is probably going to be the last time that this ever happens. So I'm just going to hang out and enjoy it. Yeah. Saints like, offense looks great. A breeze was feeling himself and Saints defense was just dominant as always. So I'm feeling good this week. You're clearly taking the, the Saints. Oh yeah. Like I think it's going to be close, but I'll take the Saints by a field goal. That is a good, I thought you were going to go full Saints, hundred percent, putting all your money on the Saints. Glad to hear you're somewhat rational. So there's a couple things I want to talk about to bring you back down to earth. Saints, they played well. Kamara played well. Defense, we know they can ball. I can't really jump on the train. That Drew Brees played great. He was on his high horse. He did great. When you only put up 21 points, I don't care how great the other defense is. Drew Brees did his job. I'll say that. He did his job. He did his job well enough to get their team to the next round. So I will agree with you on that. Until I see him chuck up three or four touchdowns, pass for 350 yards, like some of these other quarterbacks are doing in the playoffs, then I can hop on that train. Who knows? Maybe he'll do that against the Bucs. It might be a shootout. Who knows? But he did enough to get to this next round. This is where I'm coming in. I think the Bucs were lucky that they had a bit more of a competitive matchup. As much as this game was only 21 to 9 for the Saints and Bears, like you said earlier, the Saints had this game from the very, very beginning. It wasn't even close. Like Saints had it in, in their control from the start of the game, where the Bucs, due to some, I think, some coaching error and some poor individual performances, it was a bit more of a competitive game. So honestly, I'm kind of glad Godwin got his, his bad game out of the way. And I'm glad... The defense had a lackluster performance because I think that just gets them ready for next week. But it was definitely a more competitive game where they had to make the plays they needed to play to win. Where the Saints, they knew they were winning this game. It was, it was an obvious choice. Wait, so you're telling me that your team had a tougher matchup when they were playing Washington? No, no, no. I'm saying that they had a more competitive game compared to the Saints and Bears because the Saints had that game in their hand from the very beginning. But like, like we touched I, on earlier. I mean, it isn't as if it was better competition. Like the Saints just played well and the Buccaneers just played against a bad team and they played down to their level. So I don't, I don't know, know if that's a really up, good thing. I don't know about putting up 31 points is playing down to a, a poor level. The offense obviously played well, but man, at defense, I'd be concerned if I was a Tampa fan because... Well, but that's that's exactly my point. I, I, I'm glad the offense played the way that they need to play because... They showed that they can come into the playoffs and they can execute because if they, they need to play that way against the Saints defense. It's just a matter of yeah. fact. If they don't play the way that they did, truly, let's be real. If Godwin didn't suck the way he did last weekend, the Bucs would have had over 40 points on that team without a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. Godwin dropped so many balls. Their, their backup to their backup running back fumbled. So little mistakes on that part from not so major players, but players who we still need to play well. The Bucs still were able to put up 31 points, which is promising. Their defense, honestly, I'm not too worried about it because I, in this matchup here, the Bucks and Saints, I would rather see a shootout between Brady and Breeze than it be a defensive battle, which I don't think it's going to be a defensive battle anyway. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think the Saint, as much as the Saints' defense is good, I think the Bucks' defense is good enough that they can still compete and put on a show to match whatever Breeze, Kamara, and Michael Thomas do. It's going to be interesting to see how the Buccaneers have adjusted because... The first two games, Brady just looked flustered. And the New Orleans defense, he DBs are so much better than Washington's. So it's going to be interesting to see how Brady adjusts because he has to look 
much better this week than he has against the Saints in the past. Okay, but yes, but th- this is a poor argument, Nate, because we talked about this last week. The two times Brady played the Saints was in the back, the front half of the season where that team was still getting together. If you were to look at just these last four or five weeks of how well Brady's been playing, let's just say the season was only these last five games. Arguably, you could make the case that Brady is up for the MVP award. He's averaging over 300 yards passing in his last couple of games. He's throwing three or four touchdowns a game. This offense is putting up an average of like 27 points a game these last five weeks. Like they've been on an absolute tear. And I think, yes, his history of playing the Saints this season is not very good. But I think those two games both came when they were still figuring out their identity on offense. And what's scary is that they now have their identity. And now it's going to be a a real test if the Saints defense can now still play that the way that they did play with the offense playing as well as they're playing now. Yeah, but like they played in week nine, right? Like that's not ancient history. So it's going to be interesting to see how how he handles it. Yeah, that's the halfway mark. But they blew him out then. So it was going to be fun. They blew him out. I'm I'm taking bucks. I'm taking them by by touchdown. I think they win by one score. Not not a field goal. They're winning by a touchdown. All right, we'll see. Um, we'll come back here. I was six and zero last week, and Nate was like zero for six, or he was lucky to have one. So we'll see how well these predictions worked. I had some hot takes with the Browns, but I'm feeling pretty confident in the Bucks and Packers picks here, and the and the Bills. So we'll we'll come back to that. So obviously, you're probably taking. I don't know if you can say you're taking the Saints of the NFC, though. The Packers are definitely better than the Saints. We'll have to see how they handle his test, right? My heart says Saints. But uh, if you had to make a logical and smart and educated pick, you would go with the Packers. But, like, the Saints were the number two seed, and our offense hasn't been together all season. So I think I'm going to stick with my Saints until proven otherwise here. All right, well, I'm even going to be logical here. I think if the Bucs beat the Saints, I think it's a close game between the Packers and the Bucs. It hurts me to say it, but I think the Packers do come up on top. I think they're just as heavily favored in the NFC as the Chiefs are, as much as the NFC is a little bit heavier hitting and a lot more competition compared to the AFC. I think it's going to be a Bucs-Packers-NFC final, and I think Rodgers finally gets gets on top of Brady here and puts him to bed. Um, but nice. we will see. We are going to take a break, folks. Uh, That's our analysis of the divisional rounds. Uh, It's going to be an exciting weekend next week. Uh, Can't wait to watch it. Uh, We're going to take a little bit of a break. We're going to come back, talk about the Northern Division for the NHL season up and coming uh, in a couple of days here. It's going to be exciting. I think when we post this episode on Wednesday, it'll be opening night, which is exciting. So when we come back, uh, we're going to be talking about the NHL. Stay tuned, and uh, you'll hear from us shortly. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that first half of the episode. For you NFL fans out there, I appreciate you listening. And as much as I love to hear the sound of my own voice, and I'm sure our 24 viewers out there love to hear me speak a lot more than Nate, I am sadly turning over the reins to let Nate lead this conversation in the NHL. As much as I wish, we could talk about the NFL all episode long. I got to let Nate get his turn on the mic. Pains me to do this, but I'm going to let Nate lead us in this discussion here. Take it away. So, um, NHL, NHL, Scotiabank, a North Division looks fun this year. It is going to be a hellscape with each team playing each other either 10 times or nine times. So there's going to be some bad blood. We're going to go coast to coast here, beginning with the Vancouver Canucks and... And to give a preview here, and at the end of it all, we're going to do a way too early power rankings. 
and see where we think each team's going to place. So, um, Vancouver looks pretty good. They took um, a few um, pretty big L's in the offseason, though. They lost uh, Jacob Markstrom, Chris Tanev, Tyler Toffoli, and those are some big holes, man. But, however, their core is young and their core is good. So, Elias Pettersson, Bo Horvat, Brock Besser, I'm Quinn Hughes can take at Team Aways, along with the newcomers Nate Schmidt and Braden Holtby. Well, I mean, yeah, they they had a good season last year. What they finished fourth in their in their in the Pacific Division, so not not horrible. And they won two playoff rounds too. Yeah, yeah, they they, they did good. But I think, especially in the unique search circumstance that this Northern Division brings, and the rivalries you're gonna have, and the matchups that you're gonna have to play countless times, I think losing some of those veteran guys, some of those older guys, is a big hit on this team. And I think, as much as it's great that they have this young athletic talented core i think i don't know if that's enough to carry them into uh being a top team this northern division but i I guess we'll see to me it's up in the air it could go either way but i think those big names that they lost are going to be a lot more impactful than we think like especially because these guys are a bit of a top heavy team Uh, their top six on offense is world beaters but their bottom six is looking kind of sketchy and in this this compressed year if anyone has has injuries or catches corona then I think they're going to have a bit of trouble here. I'm expecting them to be average in the North Division, but it's going to be an open question if they make playoffs. For sure. It's going to be it's gonna be interesting. So what about our Flames here? I know you cheer for them. Gross, but um, I'll let you go first here. The Flames had an excellent offseason. They added, like, how many? Four Canucks. So a Jacob Markstrom, Chris Tanev, Josh Levo. And the Flames are looking deep, man. But it's going to be, I'm a question of which top six comes to camp, right? Because Johnny Goudreau, Sean Monaghan, Elias Lindholm, they were excellent in 2018, 2019. But 2019, 2020, they, let's be kind and say that they were um, average. Like, they weren't up to their top line selves. And the Flames are going to need them to play like top line players. And Matthew Kachuk is going to be unreal, as always. Andrew Mangiapane is underrated. Mark Giordano isn't a passive prime yet. Hopefully, he has another year That's or two in him. That's a reach. And even if he he declines, Rasmus Anderson looked unbelievable last year. So I'm feeling optimistic, but it's going to be a question of which Johnny Goudreau and which Sean Monaghan come to camp. Yeah, I don't got much to say about this one. The only last memory I have about the Calgary Flames, Nate and I were sitting at Brew House having a good time. They have a nice lead. The Flames did. It was really, really great. And then they absolutely became dog water and they sucked. And until I see those stars come and play the way that they should, uh, my hopes aren't very high. Yes, good offseason. They will be a good team in this division, just the way that it's set up. But if those guys play the way that they played that back half of that season, I'm not having some high expectations. So that leads us right to the Oilers. Oilers Battle of Alberta. What do you think? On paper, that team should be good, right? Like you have Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, uh, no Oscar Clefbaum this year. I believe he's injured and out for the year, but that team is top heavy, man, and like on the offense, and they have a bad defense. I'm um, Kyle Turris as a third line center. Man, he's been awful like the past four years. I don't know. I'm um, Ethan Bears fine, but as a top pair guy with Darnell Nurse, I don't know if that's the answer. They added Tyson Berry, which is a good puck mover, but man, that defense kind of scares me. And their bottom six isn't inspiring. Tyler Ennis is is good. Uh, Jesse Puliyarvi remains to be seen, right? Yeah, like I think this team's like kind of comparable to how the how the Leafs have been in the in the past. They have a really great offense. They have a high scoring offense. It's great, but when your defense is allowing four or five goals a game, it's hard to win every night. So I think unless 
Tyson Berry comes in and maybe he was just playing crap for the for the Leafs. Maybe he comes in for the the Oilers and lights it up and uh, holds that uh, that defensive line down strong. Um, I'm I'm not having high expectations. It's going to be an, a, a high scoring team again. Those two those their two top studs are going to be great, but. Overall, it's going to be tough with a with a defense like that. In Toronto, it can work because Freddie Anderson can cover up a lot of holes, right? But Nico Koskinen and Mike Smith aren't Freddie Anderson, and I don't have a lot of faith in that Oilers goaltending. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's Alberta. We gotta keep going. uh, Keep going east with the with the Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg Jets are another team that I don't know what to make. Uh, their top end offensive talent is very good, right? Like Mark Shifley, Kyle Connor, Blake Wheeler, Patrick Laine, Nikolai Ehlers. That's an excellent top six again. But you get out to the bottom six, and it's aging players. It isn't. They don't have a ton of talent there, and that defense is just outright scary, man. I would not feel at, at all confident with that defensive core. However, Connor Hellebuck can cover up a lot of holes. That guy is is arguably the best goalie in the NHL, and he can take any team as far as, as anyone else. But I can't see them. I can see them making the playoffs maybe, but I don't think they're going to have an actual push because they just don't have the depth and they have an awful defense. Yeah, okay. Sports and Stutter fans, before I do this, I'll be honest with you. I don't really care that much about hockey. I like my Leafs. I don't mind the Flames because I've lived in Alberta for the longest time, which means I also know a little bit about the Oilers. Really, you go a little bit east, you go to Winnipeg. I could give two craps. Sorry if we have any listeners (laughs) from Winnipeg, which we probably don't. I don't care about the Jets. I'll trust what Nate says. It is what it is. Let's just move on. Let's go to to the next province, Ontario. The one I care about because we got our Leafs. I'll let you go. So Toronto has a top five offense in the NHL. Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Mitch Marner, and Nylander, and they added um, Joe Thornton Big and Joe. Wayne Simmons to add some snarl to, to their offense. Their defense didn't change a ton. They lost um, Tyson Berry, but they added TJ Brody, who was arguably Calgary's best defenseman. Yeah, like that's an upgrade. Last year, it's an upgrade every day of the week. Like he, yeah. He's a top pairing guy who, who will compliment Morgan Riley. I yeah, like be, that ad a lot. Yeah, let's be real. Morgan Riley, I, I, to me, maybe it's a little bit of bias, but I, I think the way he played in that back half of the season, even though they lost to Columbus in that play-in round, I think he's arguably a top 10 defender, or he will be this season. I think he's top five. Re- okay, perfect. Even better. Top five. Like, <laughs> what? In the in the series against Columbus, he was, like, putting up the most ice minutes of, like, it was, like, a record he was putting up. He was playing, like, it's like he was playing the whole game. I don't think anyone can question Toronto's um, talent or skill. The question is if they have, like, the mindset because they've had some disappointing endings to uh, recent seasons, to say the least. And they're great during the season, but when the playoffs come, man, I don't know if they have what it takes mentally. Yeah, and it's a story every year since they've gone their their big names and they've had their players light it up. They're always a favorite, one of the favorites going into the season, whether it's for the division, the conference, heck to win the cup and it's just like they get to the playoffs and they forget how to skate so until we see otherwise in the playoffs i think they're making the playoffs regardless um i think that's a no-brainer i think any betting man would bet on that um but who knows maybe this is the year they get over the hump maybe those players that they added those veteran players um that that boost on defense maybe this is the this is the time that they uh Finally, like to me, winning one round in the playoffs, like that's a winning year for me. Like as much as I want to see them win the cup, I think if, if they can just show progress to getting over that hump, that's a win in my books. On to Ottawa. What? 
who cares about Ottawa? Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, Ottawa. Love you if you listen. If you probably don't, but I also don't care about the Senators. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to be expecting Ottawa to be a playoff team this year. Like, Brady Kachuk looks amazing. Evgeny Dadanov looks excellent. I'm Tim Stutzel in the World Juniors carry Germany to playoff rounds they're young they're fast they have thomas shabbat and they added goaltender matt murray but i don't think anyone's they're playing with house money right like i don't think anyone's expecting them to make any noise they'll be happy to to get a high pick this year i think yep and i also just don't care enough to put any analysis behind this so let's just go to montreal and then move on so these guys they're a very deep team with little star power um, Thomas Tatar on the first line, Philip Denol, Brennan Gallagher, uh, Jonathan Drouin looked anemic. Um, Josh Anderson, I didn't really understand that pickup. Um, Tyler Toffoli is going to be amazing, but like they don't really have any all-stars, but they have a lot of depth. So I, I think Montreal can probably make some noise and, and exploit the more top-heavy teams with their ability to roll every line. Carey Price, if he plays how he should, then Montreal can make noise. Yeah, like, if they make noise, I won't be surprised. But if they don't, it, they're kind of a middle-of-the-pack team for me. Like, yes, they're deep. I acknowledge that's great. But if they make the playoffs, awesome. I'm not surprised. But if they don't, also not surprised. And also, I just don't care. Like no. I said at the beginning, there's only, like, three teams <laughs> I really care about. And they're all in Canada, which is great. So, that yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, like, they intrigue me because they beat Pittsburgh. <laughs> so, I'm going to be interested to see how they handle it this season. Yeah, this Northern Division will be interesting for sure. It's going to be uh, one for the history book. So why don't we do this? We talked about each team. Well, you did. I kind of just crapped on a bunch of the teams I don't like and talked about the ones who I don't mind. Let's just talk about the top four teams in this division. Who do we think is going to the playoffs? Because I also don't care enough about a majority of these teams, which means I'm probably not going to care about the bottom half of this division. So give me your top four. Who are we going with? So in first place during the season, I'm going to go with Toronto. They just have have too much talent and they're deep. So during the season, I think they're going to make noise. Okay, number two. Number two, I'm going to go with my team, the Calgary Flames. I'm yeah. expecting a bounce back year. And the addition of Jacob Markstrom is going to make a huge difference. Number three, I'm going to go with a Montreal. They're just super Ooh, deep. Okay, okay. And Jeff Pretree looked unbelievable in the playoffs. Yeah. So I believe that they're going to be in Canada's top four teams. Now who's your last? Fourth place, I'm going to go the Vancouver Canucks. Ooh, controversial. <sighs> okay, okay. Um, Their young guys are just super talented, and they won two playoff rounds. So I think they have what it takes, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if Edmonton takes their place instead. For Edmonton, like, they lost to the Blackhawks in the play-in rounds, man. Like, I just have no faith in, in that team at all. Yeah, we okay, so we pretty much agree for the most part. I think my Leafs, like you said, if they I think if they don't get first place, which a lot of analysts are predicting they will for the regular season, I think a lot of people will be shocked because their offense, they're just so loaded. Their defense did improve. Freddie Anderson's an undeniable number one goalie. Like, if they do not lock up that first seed, I will be shocked. You know what? If they finish second, that's still okay. They're still in the playoffs. It's great. But I think that number one seed is theirs to lose. I do have the Flames falling right under suit. They are my second favorite team as much as I like to bug Nate about it. I'm from Calgary. I'll give them that second place. I would be cheering them on if my Leafs weren't in it anymore. 
My three and four is a little bit different here. I, like I said, I'm a little worried about that young quarter about the Canucks. So I think I'm going to be putting, I think I'm putting the Oilers in third. I think they're going to play well as much as that defense is a little bit suspect. I think when you have your two top players putting up like a hundred points each, like it's pretty mind boggling and it opens the door for a very real possibility that you make the playoffs. When it comes to my four seed though, I think this is where the battle between the Canucks and the Montreal Canadiens come into play. Montreal, I think they're a little bit better than, than the Canucks. But I do think the Canucks' young core is will do enough to get them that last playoff spot. I don't think it's enough to give them a deep playoff run. I think losing those veterans really hurt them. But I think that young core is talented enough. Their goalie is pretty good as well. I think it leads them to secure that last spot. I think they just edge out Montreal. But uh, I, I have the Canucks taken in my, my last playoff spot. And that, that's, that's, my, that's my top four. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So I guess now we'll just wait and see. Opening nights on Wednesday, which is exciting, which means as you were listening to this podcast right now, NHL opening night is actually going on, which is super exciting. So please give us give us a shout on Instagram, at Sports and Setters. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know what you think about the games that went on that night. Maybe Nate and I are totally off. Maybe those top four teams you predicted absolutely come out of the gates like dog crap. Maybe that's just the case. Maybe we're that wrong because, you know what, we're amateur analysis. So I guess we'll wait and see. It's the Calgary but, Flames, so they probably will. Yeah, Calgary Flames. <laughs> Toronto will probably come out slow too, let's be real. But now it's just the waiting game. We'll wait and see. Uh, next week when we come back, uh, we'll talk about those divisional round matchups for the NFL once again. We'll break down that opening week of hockey, which we're excited to get into. I know Nate's ready to jump on this mic a little bit more because I just like to ramble on. So, give us a shout out on Instagram at Sports and Stutters. You can listen to us on Spotify, Google Play, Anchor, a couple other platforms. If you click on our link on our profile, we're excited to hear from you. We got some decent turnout and viewers in our first week, which is really awesome to see. We're getting some following on our Instagram page, which is awesome. We just hope to continue to grow that. And we're very grateful for those of you who did tune in for this first week. And we're excited to keep going along on this journey with you all. So, this is Parker and Nate. We are signing off. We will see you next week. And that is Sports and Stutters out.